Hey, this is Mike Missanelli, and you're listening to the Feed the Embiid, the number one Sixers podcast in America. Yeah, 2 1 on his jersey, playing like he's number one. Best big in the league, and it's no debate. Booze from the haters, point him to the exit. I guess every franchise needs its process. Every franchise it needs its own process. Coming down the lane, yeah, watch your hair, yeah. We post a every game, yeah, get your Kodak. Once he gets you under the basket, you better just pray. Hit you with the jab, step, knock down, lock him in. Get out the way, and one, let the fans know it. Yeah, homie, let the fans know it. Watch the trailer, the three is going in your eye. If you mess, you better get back. Cause if the bees, there won't be a putback. Keep all that trash out of the paint. Cause the beat will put it back in your face. He's a cold blooded killer, and he take no prisoners. Yeah, dump off from TJ. Call it the feed to a What's going on, everybody? This is the Feed to Embiid, and I am your host, Austin Grell. It's been a couple of days since we last spoke. You, I'm sure, have no idea what happened in games three and four because I wasn't here to give you the insight. But then again, you're not living under rocks, so you know what happened. Sixers... We're up 2-1. to one. They blew Game 4 on their home court, tied it up 2-2, two, two, and Game 5 was tonight. And to be quite honest, I am not going to give them the respect and the credit of talking about this game. I'm not going to embarrass them by recapping it. Here's the reality of what happened tonight. They came out flat. They came out with like a, like a team that knew... They were going to get crushed. Like a team that had lost all momentum. And they got embarrassed on the road. That's exactly what happened. And now they're down three games to two. Now, this city is a very reactionary city. We like to overreact to things all the time. We like to, um, you know, Make th- take things to, to extremes on both the good and the bad ends. And tonight was no different. But let me give you a dose of reality. You, you, people love to, you know, fight with me on Twitter because I, I, I don't always say what they like to hear. But I, 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 tell, I, I tell people how I see it. I, I don't try to get, I don't go out there trying to get a reaction. I just share my thoughts on a daily basis. That's just how I see things. I'm not going to apologize for that. Neither should you apologize for the way that you see things. We're allowed to have different opinions in this country. We're allowed to ha- we're allowed to be different people. That's just the way it is. Some of, some of you don't like that. Some of you don't like to be don't like to hear what I believe are facts. But here's the reality of the situation, in my opinion. We live in a microwave society where youngsters and young kids expect to get things immediately. There's no waiting. There's get it to me now. And what the process did was it put us in a spot where we were all under this assumption that 
Once the talent's there, we expect them to win a championship today. That's not how this league works. That's not how a process works. Look at the league's best players. Look at the league's best teams. Golden State, they had Steph Curry for how many years before they actually won anything? What was it, five years? They had... um, the LeBron had to go to Miami, uh, and he didn't win till he was what twenty eight, ten years. This does not happen overnight. This takes a long, long time, and that's because in a in a, in a microwave society, that the way that this generation of players has grown up, they're used to getting things exactly how they want them and being told that when they're great. They can just do things their way. So what happened was a couple of years ago, the Sixers had come off a 10-win season, and Joel Embiid was finally able to play basketball. He had an unbelievable first game of his career. We felt like we had a star. As a result, there was no criticizing Joel Embiid. Oh, he's a rookie. Oh, he's get, he's just getting used to it. And we let him eat like shit. We let him do whatever he wanted to do. Um, you know, and as a result, he is not disciplined. He does not appear to be disciplined. He has, he's, he's been trained to take the fall when something, when a game goes badly. And we, we all shot that up to good leadership and to him, you know, being accountable for himself. That's called being accountable and just saying the words, but not actually doing anything about it. Accountability is getting in the gym in the summer and dedicating yourself to a better lifestyle, to staying out of the public eye, to to um, taking better care of your body when you're seven foot two, two fifty, and put on weight in 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 just a day's time. That means you know no obscure orders from Chick Fil A. That's what that means. That means dedication to your craft and working on not turning the ball over, working on better hands, working on your shot selection, working on moves in the paint that you can not not that you can just beat up on the bad teams with, but against the best players in the league, you can take them on night in, night out. That's what that is. Joel Embiid, he's a fantastic talent. He's mesmerizing. We all love him to death. I love Joel Embiid. The fact of the matter is he has been given a very long leash in the city because of how um, mesmerizing his talent is. We all see what he can be. He's a two-time All-Star, He and he's earned that right. But he has not gotten better at the things that hold him back. There's a reason that he's always injured. It's because he has too much weight on those knees. I don't have any kind of facts to surround this belief. I don't have any kind of inside knowledge, but I do believe that if he ate more if 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 that if he dedicated himself to eating carrots and fruit and 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 the healthier meals one cheat meal a week or what have you. I believe he'd 
probably put off 20, 30 pounds, and he'd be a much healthier player. He's as strong as a, he's as strong as they get, but let's not let his let's not let our let's not let his size and his dominance fool you. He is not in game shape. He's not. He's constantly lagging up the court, settling for long jumpers when he's tired. He's sick pretty often. He's not in game shape. That's something that has to be improved upon sooner rather than later because. I find myself thinking tonight that how ironic is it that you get Butler, you get Harris, you have the pieces you need to get to the finals. We did this all because we need to win now. We don't know how long Embiid has. When in reality, it's Embiid, as great as he is, as much as we need him, it's his own performance and his seeming lack of self-care that put us in a position where we can't win now. Ben Simmons is next. Ben Simmons has no jump shot. He is still as mentally weak as they come when challenged by a star-level player. He can he, he can go get whatever he wants against Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley's a marginal bench player. He can go get whatever he wants against J.R. Dudley. He can not do much against an elite player. Against a guy who can body him up. He, he does not and will not do that. Got exposed by the Celtics last year. He, he's, going to, he's getting exposed by the Raptors now. He has not made any strides. And I got news for you, Ben. It's because of all the clout that you think you have. This Ben Simmons status that he's been told he's been great his entire life. He's never had to shoot because he was always bigger, more athletic than everybody to finish around them. That's now coming back to bite him because everybody is big. Everybody is athletic. Everybody is skilled. That, that whole gig does not fly anymore for Ben Simmons. Now it's about how do I get better? And, you know, maybe butt-fucking a Kardashian on this, during the summer, maybe that'll uh, make your stamina better, but it's not going to make your skill better. The reality is, is that it's been two seasons. He's actually been around an NBA team for three seasons, and he still has no semblance or even desire to take a jump shot. I think any man who puts in the time and work can become a good shooter, because I've witnessed it myself. I've seen guys go from not being able to shoot to being pretty damn good shooters. It doesn't happen overnight, but with repetition and with work and with dedication to the craft, you develop it because it's part of the muscle memory. It's part of what's called the myelin sheath on the body, where you develop an ability to, to, to memorize, your muscles develop the ability to memorize how to make shots. Steph Curry has an unbelievable myelin sheath. Clay Thompson has an unbelievable myelin sheath. It's not a guarantee. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to come out here next year and be able to make 30-foot bombs, but it is absolutely unacceptable if next season he comes back and he's not attempting 
five jump shots a game. Six jump shots, seven jump shots. He he must make 10 threes next year. Must. There are guys in this league who can make 10 threes in a game. I'm asking him to make 10 threes on a season. 82 games. I don't think 10 threes is that much to ask. He needs to be able to make jump shots. And sleeping with the Kardashian for a summer, it's not how you get a jump shot. It's how you get Instagram followers. It's how you get, um, you know, you, you get famous, you get put on a TV show. It's also how players go to die, if you haven't realized in your career yet, Ben Simmons. Lamar Odom, no pun intended. Um, Chris, Tristan Thompson, Rashad McCants. They all, Chris Humphreys. When you go to the Kardashians, you end up in an NBA graveyard. That's just what happens because you get addicted to the spotlight and you don't pay attention to your craft. Jimmy Butler, I have no qualms with. He's earned every bit of the max money he gets. I I can only hope that he sees the potential that this team has together and next season, you know, is willing to come back on a max deal and doesn't go elsewhere. Although, to be honest, I don't know if there's a better option for him anywhere else. I don't know that there's a a more willing core to bring to 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 to, to have him along than this core and to get the max money he wants. Tobias Harris. Listen, I I don't know what it is with him. He averaged twenty points a game on a horseshit team this year. I give them more respect than that. They were, they were a very good eighth seed, but they were an eighth seed for a reason. He was the best player on that team, averaging twenty points a game and incredibly efficient. And now he's pedestrian at best. I don't know if it's if it's his fit in the offense. I don't see much problem with Ben Simmons running in transition and finding him for open shots. Two of thirteen in Game Four is not going to cut it, especially for a guy who wants a five-year max deal. I'm happy to have Tobias Harris. I like Tobias Harris. He is not a max player. He might think he is. He has done nothing to solidify his case as a max player this upcoming summer. He wants max money. He can get it from somewhere else. I'll take my chances with Jimmy Butler and a couple of nice role players and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. This is not. This is not, Brett Brown's fault. That this team is down three to two. Kawhi Leonard was unbelievable in Game One. He adjusted fantastically. He put Ben Simmons on Kawhi. They made anybody. They 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 said we're gonna. Let Kawhi get whatever he wants, but no one else is going to get anything. And they won two games in a row doing that. Then what happened was they had every chance to win game four. They simply didn't execute. They simply um, did not make shots. They went through a seven-minute stretch in the fourth quarter. They didn't score. Kawhi went ballistic again for the third, for the fourth consecutive game. And the Raptors pulled, pulled, pulled up and, and got, and got a, a, a desperate game four win. Tie series up 2-2. The plan tonight was to double and trap Kawhi, make him make plays for others, and he made the plays, and they made shots. But I know everyone wants to blame Brett Brown because that's a much easier solution to swallow than it is the fact to accept that your players are imperfect. Joel Embiid is a star. He's not reliable. He's not healthy. Ben Simmons has an all-star appearance. He's not a star player yet. He has no jump shot. Brett Brown can only do so much with that. He can't put Embiid in the post because 
what are they going to do? They're going to sag off Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons won't shoot shit. He won't shoot. You're just going to get doubled on the block every time until ben, and, and because the, and then you look look opposite and Embiid's not a good passer yet. By the way, Embiid could become a better passer if he worked on it in his offseason. I'm not going to pretend like I know what he does in the offseason. I tell you tell you one thing. He wasn't a good passer last year. He was turnover prone last year, and he's turnover prone this year. His conditioning wasn't great that last year, and it isn't good this year. So I'm going to let you people correlate that for me. Because I'm sick of being told that I don't know what he does in the offseason. I'm, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm giving you a fact from last year, and I'm giving you a fact from this year. Do with it what you want, but don't tell me I'm not telling the truth. Because the reality is that he and Ben Simmons have made little progress over the course of a season. Of course, of, of, from, from one season to the next. He can't run the pick and roll with Ben Simmons because they're not going to buy that shit. What are they going to do? Oh, yeah, well, no, we'll go under on Ben. Well, we'll let, you know, we'll, we'll let Ben go, go um, you know, go, go over the screen and we'll just double MB because what's Ben going to do? What's, we're not going to, there's no reason to drop cover. There's no reason to play up on Ben. You can just drop cover on MB and then there's no point in pick and roll. And you can't put Jimmy Butler in a pick and roll can all the time because it takes away Ben's game. Ben's a distributor. He's a transition distributor. You have to be able to give him the ball because it, that's how you unlock his greatness and what he can be. This is not Brett Brown's fault. Yes, there are at times things where I scratch my head thinking, what is this? Why was it this play? Or what's up with this lineup? Or why are you letting this guy do this? But ultimately, I think Brett Brown has done the best job he can do with what he has. He has a bunch of really nice looking pieces that at the at that when you when you, when you dig deeper, you realize they're imperfect. They're not ready to win a championship yet. Brett Brown can give them the tools to get better. He can show Joel how to, you know, take care of his body. It is up to Joel Embiid to be a man to be an adult, realize that he is the most important piece of a multi-billion dollar franchise and say, well, I gotta, I gotta be better because they're counting on me. He is a man. Men have to improve. Brett Brown cannot be there to spy on him and hold his hand every step of the way. He can give him the tools and the guidance. Ultimately, Joel has to do it himself. It isn't to say that during the season that Joel can't you know take those tools and use them, but in the offseason when no one's there to watch, you gotta have to you gotta do it, do it yourself. That's the only way you're gonna win a championship. And I believe that Joel Embiid wants to win a championship. I do. I believe that Ben Simmons wants to be great and win a championship. I do. I believe that they are both young kids. Ben Simmons is a day younger than I am. Joel Embiid is 25. They've both been told their entire lives how athletic and how great they are. They've both been, you know, been given the world in this country when they started playing basketball in the States. They have lessons to learn. They have ways to go. But they've been done no favors their entire lives. Ben Simmons' brother cannot be his shooting coach. I don't even know that his brother knows how the hell to shoot a ball himself, let alone teach somebody else how to do it. You cannot bring family into business. This is Ben Simmons' business. He has brought his brother into it. 
it does not end well when you bring family into business. It does not ever end well. Someone ends up hurt. Someone ends up taking taking advantage of somebody else. Someone ends up feeling, you know, um, um, taken advantage of or what have you. Someone ends up not doing a good job and, it, and they get alienated. It it never works. It never works. I, I can acknowledge all day long that Brett Brown has shortcomings. We all have shortcomings. We're not all perfect at, at, at what we do. But you cannot tell me that he has been given the pieces to win a championship. The pieces that he has are nowhere near close to being ready to win a championship. It's just ridiculous to even think so. What about this team Think you do you think is a championship caliber team? What about this team makes you think that they can do it? Joel Embiid has been atrocious in these last two games. I would argue that he has probably cost them these last two games. Yes, they got embarrassed tonight. It's a whole team thing. But I got news for you and everybody else. Joel Embiid sets the tone as the team's best player. They're going to follow their leader and play as he plays. If he's turned the ball over, they're going to say, well, we can't do it. Screw it. We're done. And they're going to play the exact same way. I don't care if Embiid is sick. I have my own theories. I personally think that the food he eats might have allergens in it that he is that that that, that he is, um, you know, he has to, that, that he has that, that irritate him, and it lowers his, and it, you know, it worsens his, it weakens his, his immune system. That's what I believe. I don't know for a fact or whatever. He's sick way too much. He's sick way way too much. But Jordan once had a historic performance in the playoffs with the flu. Kobe Bryant made free throws on a torn Achilles. Rajon Rondo played an entire quarter on a torn ACL. Isaiah Thomas, a couple years ago, dropped 50 the day after his sister died in a car accident. Whatever ailments you might have, whatever physical or emotional issues you might be having at a certain period of time, Joel Embiid, there are guys around you who have done it before, and you need to as well. There is no excuse. I don't care if you're sick. You are a multi-million dollar man. You're getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars. You are the most important piece to a multi-million, multi-billion dollar franchise. You can get the fluids you need after the game. You can rest after the game. You rest before the game. You show up and you do what you need to help your team win. You have all summer to do whatever the hell you want to do. While you also improve at your craft because you need to. You can be you can make it through a game sick and still perform. This you know, eight turnovers is tonight is absolutely unacceptable. Ben Simmons. 
you need to understand that your own ego is the only thing that's going to hold you back. I know you're 22 and you're young and, and you you know you don't you know you don't realize things yet because you're you still have a lot a long, lot to learn as a man. I do too. It is not bad to admit you have weaknesses and work on making those strengths. We all do it at 22, we do it at 32, 42, 52 and 62. It never ends. That's this that, that's what life is is improving upon your weaknesses and becoming the best man and player you can become. Until you get your ego out of the way and stop worrying about looking bad, you are going to be one of the biggest things that holds this team back. In game four, you were timid as shit. You missed four finishes at the rim in in the first quarter, I believe, and then you would not attack the basket with any kind of aggressiveness in the fourth quarter during the stretch when you had it. In the seven, during the seven-minute stretch where you didn't, the team didn't score at all, and you had every open lane to do so because you were afraid of getting fouled, getting to the line, and having to make free throws. You have to do better. You have no choice. And I got news for both of these guys, for both Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. They very well might cause their coach to get fired. It might not even be his own underperformance that gets him fired. His overperformance, he still might he, he might be overperforming and still get his team and still get fired because the management might feel compelled to make a change because the fans are talking or what have you, and they might do it to to, to calm people down, and the guy is going to be out of a job, and it's going to not be because he wasn't good enough. We don't know that he was good enough. He wasn't given every piece, every complete piece he needed to do it. It'll be because you guys didn't didn't take your craft serious enough and work to improve enough. And he had to keep and he had to find ways to make you to try to make you effective while also coping with your weaknesses. The Sixers they lose game five. By 36 points. Yep, 36 points. They'll be back in action on Thursday for game six. They're down three to two. It is win or go home. If they win, there's a game seven on Saturday, I believe. And hopefully Thursday won't be our last few to win beat of the season. I'm not going to keep this up consistently over the summer because I have my own things going on and I have a move coming up with my family. And there's not going to be things to talk about every single week. So hopefully we have an episode coming. We have an episode coming definitely on Thursday, but hopefully it won't be the last. And I think I need a beer really badly. I might even shotgun it too because drink fast, you get drunk quicker, and you forget about the game. And if you like shotgunning beer and you want to increase your shotgun time at parties, check out my boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. There's also a tab puller, a vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. For more information about the King Cobra, check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. And Cobra is spelled with a K. 
for a 10% discount on all products. Enter the code TRUSTTHECOBRA10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. The feed to Embiid and its name are protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without my written permission is prohibited. Copyright the feed to Embiid 2019. Sixers lose game five by 36. They'll be back for game six on Thursday. Winner go home situation on their home court. Hopefully they have enough heart to force game seven. You can find me on Twitter, Austin, Villan- Austin Villanova, capital A, Austin, capital V, Villanova. Talk sports, whatever you want, as always. And thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you after, hopefully, a win in Game 6 on Thursday. I do have one treat for you guys left. <clears throat> it would be conversation I had with Mark Zumoff prior to Game 3, so please enjoy Mark and my conversation. First off, um, do you, I, I always said that you're one of the the best in the industry. There, you know, there, there, I, I, in my, my eyes, there's Mike Breen, there's Kevin Harlan, and then there's you, and no, in no specific order. Um, do you feel like you're living the dream every day of the week? No, I think I'm living the dream every hour of every day. This is something that I always wanted to do. The fact that I'm doing it is a little surreal for me. But um, I try not to get caught up in awards or approbation or anything like that. Just out here doing my job and enjoying every second of it and remembering that my job is not a real job and that I'm privileged to be able to do what it is that I do. A kid who grew up in Northeast Philly rooting for the Sixers and for the last 25 years I've been their TV voice. It's been simply an amazing ride. Absolutely, and and there's no and there's no see there, there's nothing like a game without Mark Zumoff. I've, I've always felt like you you're, you make the you you make part of the game what it is, and um, I, and I, I was wondering when I was thinking of these questions for you, when when you think back over over your career and it's been it's been a very long career. You celebrated I, I believe 25 years this year. Uh, what single what singular call stands out the most to you when you look back over your career? It's hard to really pinpoint one moment. I think that there are many different moments that I hold up as important moments or memorable moments, whether it was Allen Iverson doing something extraordinary or Joel Embiid showing what kind of a player he was eventually going to be. Um, And even some of the low points, You you remember those as well because you know that you're being tested and you're broadcasting skills are being um, summoned in terms of what kind of information or entertainment or depth can you provide for a team, let's say, that's winning only 10 games, right. like the Sixers did several years ago. So um, I kind of put everything into one basket that even you know the Sixers and you know, Washington Wizards on some Wednesday night in February um, – yeah, it's not the same as, say, Allen Iverson getting 10 steals for an NBA playoff record in 1999. But um, it all goes together to to form one great experience for me. An experience, I think, uh, of a lifetime for anybody. Absolutely. Um, sp- speaking of those of those lean years, like, like the process years, was it difficult for you to sort of remain positive and energetic during those lean years when a, you know, you went you went into a nightly basis, uh, you know, confident that the team 
would, would, would not emerge victorious? There certainly were some challenges knowing that the team was not built to win by any stretch of the imagination. I think a lot of what I did then was either focus on the opponent or at times I might focus on the individual and what they were doing to become better. Or I would speak with whoever was in charge then, whether it was Sam Hinkie or, you know, say uh, Brett Brown when he was first starting out, just getting their take on what it is that they were doing internally to make individuals better or uh, why they formed the roster the way they did. Um, and letting them explain it in their words so that I could relay that to the audience. That certainly made it easier for me because then I could lean on what their thinking was at that particular time instead of me trying to come up with uh, my own ideas to what I thought was the was the way to present the team during those lean years. Right. And then going off of that, did you find it difficult to form close relationships and remain close with some of the players because you didn't know how long of a future they had with the team? Any relationship I have with any player is purely professional, so it is what it is. Some guys you get to know better than others for whatever reason. Either they're more prominent or they're not quite as available to you because, let's say, they're stars like Joel or or Ben Simmons. But uh, you do what you can in the available time that you have, whether they're with the team for five years or five minutes. And uh, as soon as they go, well, you wish them well. And the good news is you have uh, somebody that you know in case they get picked up by another team. So you always keep up that relationship no matter what team they're playing for. Right. And then obviously in the last two to three years since Joel began being able to play, it's it sort of moved the moved the, uh, the line a little bit forward. We went from 10 wins to 28 to 52 to 51. How exciting was last year's sort of surprising success compared to this year's success? It really became a su- surprise when they reeled off all those wins at the end of the season because suddenly they were a 52-win team and there was no mystery that they were going to the playoffs. Then, of course, when they won the first round, uh, I think that was a little bit of a surprise because I'm not sure how many teams, given their lack of experience or how many fans, given their lack of experience, thought they would have an opportunity. So they surprised, I think, on a couple of different levels, the fact that they won as many games as they did and getting into the playoffs and then actually winning a playoff series. Certainly was a disappointment the way things went against the Celtics, but hopefully they make up for it this year with a second-round victory over Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. And then speaking of the Toronto series, we have Game 3 tonight, obviously. You know, this entire city is, is, is ready to, for the game to start four hours before the game right now. How, um, how do you see the remainder of this Toronto series playing out, in your professional opinion? That's pretty hard to forecast, I think, after two games. So I think that coaches will continue to modify their strategies and their lineups depending on what happens the previous game. I think you could certainly count on that. I do believe, and I thought from the beginning it was going to go seven games, and I still believe that. I think that Toronto will win at least one game here to make that happen. And uh, other than that, uh, that's the beauty of all of this, that you don't know how it will unfold. I do hope that Joel Embiid, whether he's had illness problems or knee problems, can figure things out on the offensive end. 
he certainly looms as a key, and I don't think the Sixers could win this series without him returning to some semblance of form. And perhaps the same for Ben Simmons, just in terms of his offensive contributions. But I feel pretty good that the team is beginning to um, identify a little bit more on the defensive end or achieve a defensive identity is what I'm trying to say. I thought that was particularly evident in game two when things became very, um, how can I say, ugly and uh, it was much more of a slowdown game. So I feel good that the team was able to do that, especially on uh, another team's home floor. So um, I I do hope that the Sixers continue their defensive identity, and I do hope that they get offense from people other than Jimmy Butler, let's say. Right. And, you know, obviously Brett Brown made some unbelievable adjustments in that second game. You know, I'm a writer for for a, a Sixers website, and I, and I was trying to like uh, you know put together my thoughts on the adjustments and the ones that he made. I, I were completely took me out of left field, and I was just overwhelmingly impressed by what he did in that second game. And so, going off of, of sort of um, you know off of that, how do you feel about Brett Brown's future with this team? I am not a prognosticator. I. Uh... You could rest assured that if they make a deep playoff run, that if they can get, say, to the NBA Finals or at least the Conference Finals, um, there will be no issues. I think people agree that there could be some question as to whether or not he continues as coach if he does not succeed in getting past the Raptors. But, you know, I don't want to be the guy to sit here and say that's definitely the the case. Um, I think he's done a wonderful job to this point, not only the adjustments in Game 2, but... Um, just what he has done with this team. Remember now, they had 26 players to play at least one game this year. That's that's a franchise record. So even during the process years, they never saw anything like that. And he hasn't had this current lineup for many games. And he certainly didn't have them for training camp, which would be ideal. So um, remember, in the NBA, you don't practice much. So he's had to make a lot of alterations, changes, um, X and O strategizing. He's had to do a lot of that on the fly, and I give him a lot of credit for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think he's had a, uh, a mountain of, of sort of uh, things that have made this job a lot more difficult than people realize. Uh, 